and welcome to Stress to the Nines. For this week, we will be doing a deep dive on the parable of the prodigal son, so stick around. Hey, and good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Stress to the Nines on this Wednesday, October the 13th, coming to you from a overcast downtown Fort Smith. We're continuing our deep dive through the parable of the prodigal son this week, uh, and we're heading towards the middle of the passage, uh, and then that means we'll wrap up tomorrow and Friday. We're looking at different characters in the story over the course of this week. We started with the prodigal son himself, moved to the pigs that he had to feed, and now we're on to the slaves. We don't give too much thought to the slaves, but we will today as we read beginning in verse 20 through verse 24 of chapter 15 of the Gospel of Luke, the parable of the prodigal son. So the prodigal son set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A couple things about this passage. Uh, Most of us view it uh, through the eyes of the father, who we will get to on Friday. Uh, or through the eyes of the son. The slaves here, though, fill an important role. First off, the word slave is an important word in the New Testament, often translated as servant in other parts of Scripture. The word doulos, or slave, is something to which we are called as Christians to identify. I am not willing to claim that Jesus uses that word here on purpose, intending to draw a connection to its places in other parts of Scripture, but I'm not sure he didn't either. There's no need for the slaves to be mentioned, except to testify to the father's wealth, which we're already well familiar with. So the slaves here fill an important role. The party that's going to happen here in the middle of the passage is really the hinge. It moves the focus of the story from the wasteful younger son to the jealous older son. It's the party that triggers the confrontation between father and elder son. The party is pulled off by the slaves. Oftentimes when we read this passage, we find ourselves identifying either with the prodigal son or the older son. You can even break this down along denominational lines. Mainline Christians tend to identify with the older son, while evangelical Christians tend to identify with the younger son. But none of us ever really identify with the slaves. Perhaps we should. Perhaps we should consider the ways in which we are supporting player, character actor, where most of our work happens off-screen or facilitates the journey of another. Oftentimes, I think we should consider ourselves more in the role of servant or slave, facilitating encounters for other people and experiences with God for others. When we think about our life in community, we can't all be the star. We're called to be brothers and sisters to one another. Paul calls us the body of Christ and reminds us that each of us have a role to play. Oftentimes, that role is going to be supporting. It's going to be a bit part. 
But we remember in this passage particularly that it is the supporting roles, the smaller characters, those people doing unnamed and unnoticed work that move the story of God in the world along. No slaves means no party, and no party no party means no act of redemption for the younger son and no chance for the older son to hear that same story of redemption. It is the celebration which is pulled off by the slaves that makes the whole passage work, that pulls it all together. So today we should consider those small things, those small opportunities, those little moments, those chances that come along that we might overlook or might miss where we are able to step into that supporting role. Oh, there we go. Where we are able to step into that supporting role, where we are able to come along and facilitate the experience of another, the gospel message for another, where we are able, in fact, to help them feel that moment of redemption. So don't overlook the slaves in this passage, and don't overlook the fact that that word is used frequently to describe followers of Jesus throughout the New Testament. Let's pray. Holy God, on this day, we ask that you would help us to fulfill our roles in your kingdom. Help us to understand that it is ways large and small that we live out our discipleship. We're thankful for those people who have come alongside us, people whose names we might remember or not, who have helped us in our journey of faith, who have given us a boost when we needed it, helped us to celebrate in moments of joy, comforted us in moments of mourning. We thank you for your presence in our lives, and we ask that you would bless us this day through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, gang, that concludes our Stress to the Nines for today. Tasha will be back tonight, and I will see you tomorrow. As a quick reminder, there will be no Stress to the Nines next week. Until tomorrow, peace. Thanks for listening to Stress to the Nines, the daily devotional podcast from First Presbyterian Church. Please like or review this podcast wherever you have found it, and please tune in to the One Pres Pod where you can find other content from First Presbyterian Church. Until next time, peace.